Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us as we inch closer to the Final Four. Some intriguing matchups on Saturday. Also, the women's Final Four is now set. I was hopeful maybe the Big Ten would get another team in with Ohio State, but they came up short after a battle with who I think is the big favorite, South Carolina, on the women's side. But all that is set for the weekend. This is our final big push for college basketball, and then it's NBA the rest of the way. So women's on Friday and Sunday, men's Final Four on Saturday and Monday, and we are less than a week away from college basketball uh, being history for this season at least, and we're on to full-time talk about recruiting and the transfer portal and other sports topics here in Southern Indiana, which are always fine. It's always fun, but just different, and uh, this uh, little spurt here from late January through the uh, really opening week or so of April is just fun and special, and Every year you hate to see it come to an end, that is uh, for sure. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Tuesday edition of the program. Segment one, we'll take a look at some news and notes uh, on the day, including a lot of rumblings about the transfer portal, both who Indiana is interested in. They've had some key visits here yesterday, one, and today, another. We'll tell you about those. And there's also been some rumors about maybe, potentially, who else beside Logan Duncombe could enter the portal? Some key names or potentially key names if they were to be returners next season for Indiana. So I don't know. I don't have any insight just going off what others are saying, but it does seem to me like based on who Indiana is going after in the portal and who they're visiting with and then based on some rumblings about who could exit, there could be even more roster turnover than maybe what we expected here in this offseason. So we'll chat a little bit about that here in the opening segment to set the table for the portal as things stand right now. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll get Mike's thoughts on the Final Four. We'll talk about his uh, uh, understanding of where things are at right now with the current IU roster as far as the transfer portal both ways, coming and going goes, and a lot more with Mike when he joins us a little bit later today. And then uh, we'll do some local stuff in the final segment. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Here's my daily reminder that the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502 414 Again, 502-414-1450. We got great participation the last three or four weeks, especially on the Thornton's text line. And then when the season ends, at least from an IU perspective, 
uh, the techs really fall off. But now's the time where you can really drive the conversation and the topics and the questions that I ask guests. So if you haven't already, please save that number and send me a text. You can text every day, multiple times during the show. As long as it's something reasonable, we'll get it on the air. That number, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and uh, let's get into some of our headlines today. First off, a lot of news out there, really not just with Indiana and the Big Ten Conference, but across uh, college hoops about the transfer portal. It's just amazing to watch it unfold. If you follow social media closely, there are announcements, it seems, every hour or so of another player entering the portal or uh, rumors of a uh, visit or who the favorite list may be for a key transfer in college basketball. But yesterday, Indiana had a visit with a player I think that makes potentially a lot of sense uh, for the IU roster next season. His name is Peyton Sparks. He is an Indiana native. He's from Winchester, played at Winchester High School, six foot nine. 240-pound center. He's at Ball State right now. He averaged 13.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, and just over one assist per game as a sophomore last season for Michael Lewis's Cardinals. He was named All-Mac second team in his conference, fourth in the MAC in rebounding, and last year, if you look at his box scores, he tallied 10 double-doubles, uh, third in the country in free throw rate at 87.1%. And uh, left-handed, started 62 games over his freshman and sophomore years at Ball State. And uh, definitely someone, especially with his connection to the state of Indiana, uh, that could make sense. A guy that's played at the mid-major level, that's had success, he's had this opportunity to prove himself, and now he can basically essentially through the transfer portal be re-recruited to play a higher level of college basketball. And it sounds like he has a number of schools, uh, bigger schools, interested in him. And I'm I'm sure that has to be the whole reason uh, for entering the portal after his success at Ball State. And Sparks does have two years of eligibility remaining uh, in college basketball as things stand. So that is one name to know. The other, you're going to already know this name because we've mentioned it in recent days, and he also was a good player this past season in the Big Ten Conference, and that is Jamison Battle of Minnesota. Battle, of course, six foot seven, 225-pound forward. He's in the grad transfer portal, so he's got one year of college eligibility remaining. You might remember he started his college career at George Washington, where he played for two seasons before coming to Minnesota for the last two seasons. He, in his 103 career games, averaged just over 14 points a game and just over five rebounds and one assist per game. Now, he's a native of Minnesota, which probably made sense when he left George Washington for the Golden Gophers. But uh, now he's going to get a visit today, an in-home visit from the Indiana staff. So we now know that Indiana met with uh, Towson transfer Nick Timberlake, also Harvard transfer, grad transfer Chris Ledlam. Uh, Those guys were over the weekend. And then yesterday, of course, Peyton Sparks got some attention from the IU staff. 
and today it's Jamison Battle's turn. So that kind of lays out where the portal activity has been for Indiana as far as potential players coming into the roster. Now, with that said, there are a slew of other names out there that Indiana's been connected to as far as maybe making a phone call or expressing interest in somebody that has entered the portal. So these are just four names that I've mentioned so far that uh, seem to be at least able to track some pretty serious interest on some level between both sides. And that's the kind of stuff you want to hone in on because it's just like recruiting targets early on. There are just so many out there that are going to list Indiana or that Indiana might reach out to only to find out it's not a match or there's not mutual interest or whatever the situation is. But these are four names, Battle and Sparks especially, but also Timberlake and uh, you know those are names to remember from the transfer portal here in the first few weeks of the offseason at least for uh, the Indiana basketball team. A couple other notes, you know there's been some rumors and um, trying to think of the best way to say this, there have been some rumors out there from people that I really trust when it comes to IU basketball that uh, believe strongly that there are soon going to be a couple additional transfer portal entries, uh, departures from Bloomington, and the two names associated with this are Tamar Bates and Jordan Geronimo. Now, not terribly shocked on either one. I think I had mentioned last week when somebody texted in and said, you know, uh, what's your thoughts on who the first player could maybe enter the portal from Indiana is? I think I listed Geronimo. I wish I could take that pick back because I, I think it clearly I would have given Logan Duncombe had I thought it out fully. But not surprised at all if, if Geronimo is uh, going to enter the portal. And also not terribly surprised either if Tamar Bates enters the portal. Justin Kalen is always with us here as the producer and a diehard IU fan. Justin, would you be shocked if we got an announcement as this uh, report or uh, message board rumbling out there from a pretty trusted IU source, if it came true that Geronimo and Bates are both departing for the portal, would you be shocked? Uh, would you be disappointed? Are they irreplaceable, especially Bates for next season, who I think we all think would have to step up and take a bigger role? But what is your reaction and what is your thoughts on this actually happening? Yeah, I mean, absolutely would be shocked to hear that come out. Those those guys are replaceable, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, those are two guys you mentioned that were expected to have pretty large roles with Indiana last year. I mean, Geronimo had a lot of hype coming into this year. He didn't play up to the level we thought he was capable of. But with one more offseason, he could he could have became that guy or can, still can become that guy. I mean, there hasn't been anything announced yet, but – he, him and Tamar are both massive pieces for the team next year. Just a team that's going to look completely different. You mentioned we've already lost Logan Duncombe. Um, Trace Jackson Davis is gone. Race Thompson's gone. So it's just going to be a lot of new faces next year if those two guys were to leave. Hopefully that's not the case because Indiana could really use them. You know, the transfer portal is fun, especially when a team is adding somebody. It gives you a new player to learn about and really kind of wonder about all offseason long. But the thing I don't like about the portal and also recruiting is 
There are so many names floating out there right now where Indiana, one way or another, is connected. And that's true for lots of big-time college basketball programs that it's hard to focus in on. I think we, we gave out four names in this segment that you know there's at least a chance of a commitment or, or some connection there between the two. But that's the not fun part. There are just so many players to focus on. There's I could bore you with probably 12 to 15 names right now that Indiana's been mentioned with in the last four or five days. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Sparks, another one of those guys from Ball State. He's been getting a lot of hype to go to Indiana, which – He's got connections with some of the coaching staff, so I could see that. But, yeah, it's it's all – it kind of hurts your head to try to keep up and pay attention to all of it because there is just so much going on, so much movement. And it, it used to be just the coaches, and now we got to deal with the players too. So it's it's not I, – I wouldn't say it's not fun because I do have a little bit of fun paying attention to all of it. But, yeah, just you got to let the dust settle before you can really start yeah. delving into it. I should it. say it's more fun when you get – some some hardcore names that you know there's mutual interest and you know Indiana's visiting with like yeah. these four names. But just a text here also, I'll get your thought on this, Justin, on the Thornton's text line. Texter says, don't we have too many guards, especially if Johnson returns? That would be Johnson, Galloway, Bates, Leal, Gunn, Cups, and Newton. And just a quick trip down that list. I mean, nothing is confirmed on Johnson. A lot of people think it's going to work out for him to come back. Galloway, okay, I I can go with that. Good season overall from him. Bates, who knows if what I mentioned and him potentially uh, entering the portal, if there's any truth to that. So let's say that maybe he's not there. Anthony Leal, love him. Love that he's a Bloomington South, Bloomington native. Don't know that he's ever going to be able to legitimately contribute to the IU program. C.J. Gunn, there's some intrigue there for the future. Gabe Cups, gosh, I think he's a good player, a good point guard. I'm not sure that he's going to be ready in year one. I'm not even sure year two to contribute. Now, I could have to eat those words majorly, but I, I just don't know. And then Newton, there's some intrigue obviously there as well. That's my opinion. So, yeah, but can you ever have enough guards or too many guards in this world of college basketball? Well, and that's exactly what I was going to say. What wins in March? Guard play. And what what dooms or what has doomed the Big Ten for essentially years now? Big, big or big play. The the bigs inside. Big Ten teams rely on those big bullies down low. The Trace Jackson Davises, Hunter Dickinson, Zach Edes. None of those teams had any success in March because they didn't have enough guard play. So yeah, I'm with you. I don't think you can have too many guards. All right, uh, a couple of questions there on the Thornton text line. He also says, in my opinion, Banks has a bigger upside than Geronimo. Um, I think maybe I would agree with that. Yeah, I'd have to think maybe, about yeah. that. There would have been a time where I thought Jordan Geronimo, um, and I think a lot of people did, was just a huge, huge potential to be just a, a stud of an athlete in the Big Ten Conference. And it just, for I think, different reasons hasn't worked out to that level, at least not yet. But we'll see. We'll, we'll keep an eye on things. Just a rumor. And, uh, you know, it's something to talk about. But there, there have been some reports from a – uh, and I, I shouldn't even call them reports, but just a hinch, a hunch from somebody that follows his team very closely that there could be some potential additional. Um, and I, I think there definitely will be additional uh, people leaving Bloomington. I just, you know, you, we don't know who, but the thought was maybe Bates and Geronimo could be two of those guys. So 
We'll pay attention and see how that goes. Before we head to commercial break, another text here early on on the Thornton's text line. You can send a message as well, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Texture says, Lou LaFay to New Albany or Floyd Central? Of course, uh, Coach LaFay, the former Providence coach, had a lot of success there. Went to Tipton up north, had a ton of success there. He's really done really well at different places. He's been in Connecticut and Georgia. I've gotten to know Lou pretty well over the years. Unique guy, but he is a heck of a basketball coach. Very, very detailed, does things his way. Um, I don't think so. I don't think he fits New Albany for sure. I, I don't think Floyd Central. I don't have any insight, but my guess would be no on those. But, again, I, I don't know anything for sure. Uh, Texter says, a lot of unexpected and weird high school coaching openings this year and last couple of years. Any thoughts on the reason for those? Um, I think you could go through some of those departures, and if I had a list in front of me, I could probably – tell you either the reason or my opinion on the reason, but I think generally it's just a changing world, just like everything we've seen in society change so much so quickly in recent years. Uh, high school basketball coaching, coaching in general, it's hard, and there's pressure, and there are parents, and there are kids that maybe don't always act or respect you the way that they did some years ago. And then there's also just the course of time. You know, sometime it's time to move on or time to switch locations or time to switch schools. Texter also says, Coach Shannon leaving made sense when the news broke considering his lengthy, successful career but some articles lately around sound like he wasn't done coaching. Your thoughts? There was a WDRB piece yesterday that mentioned he's done coaching for now. I think Coach Shannon could coach again. I think I asked him that very question when he joined our, our show last time, and I'm sure that he'll still join us from time to time here in the offseason just to talk basketball and things of that nature. But a great career, 25 years, but things change, and um, maybe a change of scenery or maybe just up in the air on what he wants to do. So I think it will be interesting. Personally, I hope that he does coach again. I would love to see him. I can't imagine him leaving this area. Even though he's an Anderson native uh, from up north at this point and his coach at different places around the state, I think uh, he's settled in nicely to New Albany and this area as his home. But uh, could I see him coaching somewhere at another school in the area, maybe a smaller school in the area? A absolutely. Uh, next year, I don't know, maybe a year or two from now. Uh, but I know him pretty well away from basketball, and he's got a lot of energy still, and he's still got a great passion for the game. He's still connected on a lot of things happening here in our state with the, the basketball scene. I know he's had a lot of calls recently just asking that question. What's what's going on? You know, are you, are you done? What do you know? What's, what's happening? So it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. But uh, I, if I had to bet, I think there's a chance, a good chance that he coaches again, but who knows? Things can always change. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join the program. We'll get into more of this transfer portal discussion. We'll talk about some other IU basketball topics, and we'll get Mike's thoughts on the Final Four and Dusty May, former IU manager who has got Florida Atlantic in the big national semifinal game, and it's a winnable game against San Diego State coming up on Saturday. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And welcome back here on this Tuesday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. One other high school note from the first segment. Here's the text. Texter says, don't forget South Central. They have a good group coming back. Be interesting to see who is coaching there next year. Yes, Greg Robinson did a great job, had a couple stints as the coach at South Central. Uh, he also uh, announced his retirement, stepping away from coaching, and uh, that is a uh, open position. So we'll see uh, who takes over that South Central position uh, next season. A couple other texts we'll get to here with Mike Schumann in just a moment, so stay with us for that. Uh, Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier, always a guest with us Tuesdays. You can read Mike's works at thedailyhoosier.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at at daily underscore Hoosier as well. Mike, uh, a lot of discussion about the transfer portal right now. Tell us what you know about Indiana's chances with some of these big names that have surfaced over the last three or four days. Yeah, good morning, Matt. It is, it's crazy right now, to, to put it very bluntly. There's, you know, I think a lot of people see these massive lists that come out of, you know, such and such was targeted by you know, this list of 20, 25 schools. So it's a great question. Like, what what are the real chances? You know, as best as I can distill things down, you really got to get these kids on campus before you can start to believe that you got a real shot at, you know, actually landing them. So, you know, we've seen here over the, the last few days that, that Indiana has done some in-home visits. You know, Jamison Battle being one today, the Minnesota forward, um, over the weekend, Chris Ludlum of Harvard, Nick Timberlake of Towson um, are, you know, those are three in-home visits that they've done, but those guys have done a lot of in-home visits. Um, they've got to figure out how to narrow this stuff down. I think that happens more so with uh, on-campus visits uh, that, w- that will come here over the next month. And then, you know, w- once we start seeing guys like a Ludlum battle, Timberlake start to say, okay, these are the three, four schools I'm going to visit. That That's when I'll, I'll start to, you know, believe that Indiana or, you know, whatever schools are involved ha- have a better shot. You know, the one guy that, that we did see take a campus visit to Indiana yesterday, and I'd say is probably farther along with his thinking anyway than, than anyone else is Peyton Sparks, a Ford out of uh, Ball State, Indiana kid, went to Winchester High School. Pretty pretty cool story, actually. You know, really under the radar. Didn't really start playing basketball until he was, you know, in his teens and has just really continued to develop uh, both physically and, and as a skilled basketball player. And, and now appears to have a shot to, to go high major after a couple of years at Ball State. Was a, you know, second-team All-Mac last year. Um, so, so he's one I'd probably keep the closest eye on right now. But you know, again, I I just think you gotta you gotta watch these lists get distilled down to to more focused, you know, campus oriented stuff before you can really start to put too much weight in them. 
Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Uh, Mike uh, with us here from the Mike Schumann. Excuse me, I've got all these names in front of me, Mike from the transfer portal. I'm trying to keep your name straight. As I'm well. not in the portal. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this because there, it's not a report or anything, but there, there've been some message board rumblings that uh, maybe Bates and Geronimo are next to enter the portal and. It's not just you know a fan guessing that. Uh, your your thoughts on the potential for those guys to leave, and have you heard anything along those lines that there could be a few additional uh, departures that could be announced soon? Yeah, I mean the the one that you heard for for months over the course of the season was Logan Duncan, and you know obviously that one came out quick, and he, he's going to move on. Um, you know, Bates and Geronimo certainly would not be surprising, um, just based on the way their respective seasons went. Um, you know, with the you know the, just the opportunity for a fresh change. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see either one of those uh, announced here in the the relatively uh, near future. Maybe maybe even today, as a matter of fact. But um, you know, just you think about each, each case. You know, Jordan Geronimo is a guy. You know, we we got the chance to go into the locker room. Uh, gosh, how long goes it been since I was in Albany? <laughs> a week ago, it feels like a month ago. Uh, but but we got a chance to talk to those guys, and I asked them. You know, you had that great run at the end of last year. Really, in my mind, was the difference between Indiana, you know, not getting knocked off by Wyoming in the in the first four. You know, how, how do you get back to that? And you know. Sometimes you just pick up a you know a vibe from a kid that you know he <laughs> he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and you know he probably probably said the right things but you know it just didn't go the way a lot of people thought it would for Geronimo coming off a, a really promising end to last year and you know he he's been a guy that you know people thought you know when when Archie left may go into the portal people thought that last year he may go into the portal so. So, no, it would not be a surprise at all to to see him go that route. And then Bates, you know, obviously he's got a really unique situation uh, with, with his daughter living in Kansas City. Um, you know, I, I think that does weigh heavily on him uh, in terms of, you know, just being closer to her. Uh, also, you know, in my – this is pure opinion, but I, I just think, you know, once he started struggling last year, it may maybe – Changes in his personal life have contributed to this. I have no clue. But, you know, I, I just think there is a mental side to, to his struggles over the last year that, that he just hasn't been able to get over that hump. And so sometimes you think, you know, maybe a kid does just need a fresh change for, for a number of reasons. So, no, uh, to, to shorten up that answer, I, I don't think either one of those would be a surprise. And, and, you know, sometime this week certainly wouldn't be a surprise to see some changes happening, which means. You know, there's just going to be a lot of openings that the staff needs to fill. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, I want to get to the Thornton's text line. i got a couple questions for you. I know this has been a topic uh, that you and I have discussed last week and others that are guests on this show. It's it's something that comes up on a regular basis, and I know we're going to continue to follow his progress through some of the mock drafts and other early NBA draft stuff out there. But Texture says, any chance at all Hood Shafino returns? 
Oh, I guess there's always a chance, but but I would put it in a, a little to none category. I'm going to actually put up a story here within the next hour that, that people can look for. So, some may have heard the diehards who, who are on Twitter and follow everything may have heard assistant coach Kenya Hunter last night. He, he was on the spaces on Twitter and talked about it. And, you know, he almost had to correct himself because he pretty much came out and said, but Chafino's going to go into the draft, and then he kind of walked himself back a little bit. Um, but it wasn't anything, you know, breaking or anything like that, because we all kind of think that's the direction that it, that he's headed, and it would be a surprise if he stayed. Um, so, so I think that's where we're at. I mean, at at this point, I, I'd be stunned if he stayed. I, I tell people, you know, while while you loved that game at Purdue and, and how well he played. That was also the moment when he kind of solidified himself as a first round draft choice. Um, so there was a little bit of good and bad with that situation, but as Hunter put it last night, and I think this is right. It's a little bit hard to swallow for IU fans, but I think it's right. You know, him, him coming from a program like Montford, having a season that was at least at a minimum on par with expectations. In my mind, it, he played better than I thought he could as a true freshman in some respects. I, Hunter said that, you know, they view it as a positive for the program, that, that they've showed now that a player can go from a great high school program to IU straight to the NBA. There's a clear path that they can demonstrate now. Players want to see that, especially when you're recruiting kids of that level. Uh, so at least coming from, from Hunter, he doesn't see that as a bad thing. I'm glad you brought up Kenya Hunter because it fits right in with another text on the Thornton's text line. Texter says, I know it's early, but I haven't heard any rumors on IU losing any assistant coaches. Mike, uh, obviously Kenya Hunter is very, very valuable to this Indiana team and recruiting operation. I think I heard maybe a week or so ago he was up for a job or was mentioned with a job. Uh, Buffalo, perhaps, that I believe has since filled. But there's no question in my mind that Kenya Hunter is close. And whether that's this offseason or another year or two down the line, if he wants to be a head coach, that opportunity at the mid to low major level of college basketball is likely going to come. But uh, going back to Texter's question, have you heard anything along those lines about maybe any assistant coaching changes this offseason? The, the one you mentioned was the only one I've seen or heard, and I think that was more just kind of putting a, a name out there than, than anything that had a ton of substance to it. Um, I, I, I agree with your contention, though, 100%, that, that he's the one of the three that, that has a legit shot to, to be a head coach here sooner rather than later. I think uh, Rosamond and, and Walsh are still kind of cutting their teeth as, as high-major assistants, and it would be a little bit surprising uh, to, to see them go in, in the short term. Uh, but, but Hunter's a guy that's been around for a long time, has been part of, you know, not just Indiana, but UConn and Nebraska and other Georgetown. So um, he, he's been around for a while. He's respected uh, both as a X's and O's guy and, and as a recruiter. Um, so, so he's obviously, in my opinion, he's going to be a good fit somewhere. And I think he's in a position where he can be a little bit selective about it. And, you know, the, as long as Indiana keeps putting together NCAA tournament 
uh, seasons, I think it's only going to bolster his resume that much more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also on the Thornton's text line, Texter says, I'm really surprised they are trying so hard on these TJD replacements. My thoughts are you ain't replacing him, and you could not win with him the way we all are wanting them to win. Just wondering why they aren't cha- changing gears and going for Shooters, scores, thanks, and then he followed up with my main point is 10 to 14 point average big men is going to help this team out. So uh, thoughts there on on anything that uh, he has to say about maybe targeting more shooters and scores for next season? Oh, I think they absolutely are. I mean, some of the names that that we mentioned, uh, Chris Ludlam, Nick Timberlake, there's others uh, on the radar, like a Quincy Oliveri from Rice that Mike Woodson just talked to last night, uh, Dalton Neck from Northern Colorado. Those, those are guys that all fit that description. Of course, those are, those are the kind of guys that everybody wants. If you watch the NCAA tournament, uh, scoring wings, you know, versatile three-level scoring wings who can make threes at a high rate are, are probably the most in-demand of anybody in the portal, along with, you know, true length, like, you know, 6'10 to, to seven foot plus guys. But those are the two things that everybody's after. So, um, but, but I do think that is a priority for Indiana. If you can assume that, that you got Xavier Johnson coming back, then, then you're set at point guard, but you, and, you know, Trey Galloway kind of fills that, you know, supplementary primary ball, ball handler duty as well. So you're, you're pretty good in that regard, but from scoring from the wings and, and big men are the two areas that they're clearly focused on based on everything you see in here. Um, I, I kind of, if, if I'm understanding the contention of the, the texter properly, I, I disagree that they're quote unquote trying to replace TJD in the sense that they are, you know, going to play through the post and have, try to have a, you know, 20 points per game center that they, you know, focus on as the, the, the basis of their offense. I don't think that they're looking to do that, but they do have to have, you know, big men. And I really think a guy like Caden Shedrick, who we saw uh, surface yesterday as somebody that they're going to pursue, um, you know, a six eleven guy who's a rim protector, first and foremost, who could give you something in the neighborhood of, you know, eight to 10 points and, you know, eight rebounds a game. I, I think that's more where they're going. You got to have somebody in there like that in the big 10. And so I think it's going to be more a player like that supplemented by a good point guard and uh, shooters on the wings. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the model today. I think that's where Woodson wants to go. Um, but, it, but he's got to obviously have the right personnel to do it. All right, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. My guest, Mike, the McDonald's All-American game is tonight. And, you know, typically over the years, that's been a game that's had a lot of Indiana participation from from the state, at least, high school players from our state. And really this year, Xavier Booker from Cathedral, who's going to Michigan State, he's the lone uh, in-state person in the game. And really from a Big Ten perspective even further, he and Jeremy Fears, who is also a Michigan State commit, they're the only two that I see on the roster with a Big Ten connection. So I'll watch the game because it's interesting to hear about some of the stars of tomorrow. And you've got the big uh, sideshow of Bronny James and all that comes with that and a lot of big name guys should have impacts at their respective schools next year and future NBA guys I'm sure but there's not the Big Ten contention that there typically is. 
Yeah, and that kind of segues right from the discussion we've been having over the last week about, you know, why doesn't the Big Ten do better in the NCAA tournament? I think everybody believes at least a component of that is, you know, subpar recruiting. There's not a lot of high-level talent coming into the Big Ten over the last decade. Um, And, you know, as you said, it's certainly the case, at least if McDonald's All-Americans are the kind of the defining aspect of good recruits, which to some extent it is. It's not the be-all, end-all, and we certainly know that that ratings aren't always accurate. But, um, yeah, I mean, Michigan State's got the only two going in there. Um, You know, Fears and Booker are two guys that Indiana at least initially tried to recruit. I don't know how hard they pushed in the end. Um, The the list of uh, McDonald's All-Americans, you can find a lot of names in there that that Indiana was involved with, other Big Ten schools were involved with. But, yeah, I mean, you you see a a changing direction uh, with, you know, looking at the list of schools. You know, you got Kentucky in there, but you got USC, you got Colorado, you got Baylor, Auburn. I mean, these are not historic programs and it's probably that way to some extent you know every year but you know i i think we've seen a shift in college basketball where the you know the sec is a little bit more relevant than it used to be or i'd say you know quite a bit more relevant than it used to be the big 12 is more than just kansas so it's a lot deeper than uh than it used to be and the big 10 certainly has to to step up if it wants to end that narrative about its struggles in the postseason. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Final Four this weekend, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, I think is a very interesting matchup. I, I know, Mike, that you not only c- cover IU basketball today and recruiting and all that goes along with the current program, but you often have pieces at the dailyhoosier.com on former players and just catching up with with news of of guys that previously were part of the program. Have have your path ever crossed with Coach May being an Indiana guy from the Bloomington metro area? Uh, And uh, thoughts on his team and how they've come together and what this could mean for him moving forward as a Division I basketball coach? Yeah, so – Four years ago, when I, I first learned that um, he was the head coach at, at Florida Atlantic, I started doing some digging, and I also learned that uh, Joe Pasternak was the head coach at uh, UC Santa Barbara, and Mike Schrage was the head coach at Elon, all D1 programs. And what's unique about those three is that they were all IU basketball managers, at the same time under Bob Knight in the late 90s, uh, all there together, um, which is just, it was fascinating to learn that because I, I actually did a story on it and I asked Joe Pasternak, um, you know, do you know any other managers turned uh, D1 head coaches? And he, this was four years ago. I think there are others, but at the time he couldn't think of any. So across the entire spectrum of Division One. He, the only three he could think of were those three that were all managers at IU at the same time. Uh, so it's just a fascinating deal. Uh, what what has been accomplished? There's been books written about you know former IU basketball managers and what they've accomplished. So it's a fascinating story. And but but at that time, I never expected uh, that that we'd be talking about Dusty May and Fort Atlantic uh, going all the way to the Final Four, having a I don't even know where they're at now, 35, 36 win season. It's just incredible. 
Um, he, he's probably the, the hottest coaching prospect in the, the country right now in terms of, you know, people wanting to hire him after, after they're done this weekend. Um, and it all started from him, you know, getting a job to, to mow the grass of team doctor Larry Ray. <laughs> that, 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 that was his connection. Cause you know, those manager jobs are, are very coveted and you typically have to have a connection. That was his connection. He, he mowed the grass of Larry Rink. He was a basketball player at uh, a high school nearby in Bloomington. And so putting those two things together, he got the gig as a manager under Bob Knight in the late nineties. And he's parlayed that all the way to the final four. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, what jobs are open now uh, that maybe would fit Dusty May. Penn State, I've lost track. I know they had uh, identified it looked like Coach Rhodes from VCU maybe is the front runner there. I don't know if that ever got finalized yesterday or not, but what's out there that could maybe fit uh, for uh, for Dusty? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't been tracking it too closely. Um, like, you know, like you said, Penn State was opened up by virtue of Micah Shrewsbury heading to, to Notre Dame. I believe Cal is open. Um, you know, I, I suspect Dusty May is going to be pretty selective about his options, um, you know, because he, he's already kind of turned Florida Atlantic. You know, they're, they're, they're not like a low major. They're in Conference USA, which is a respectable uh, situation there. So, uh, and he's in a you know Boca Raton, Florida, which isn't a bad place to be. So I don't I don't think he's going to jump at just anything uh, based on people I talk to that, that know him well. Um, I, I think he's in a situation where he's also got most of his team coming back next year if he can hold it together, which is probably one of the more fascinating things he, he said after they won on Saturday night. As you know, throughout the tournament, he's you know, dealt with or heard about, you know, other teams trying to recruit his players while they're still playing. So, But if he can hold that thing together, this could be a multi-year situation where, you know, you think of teams like a Butler uh, when they were a mid-major or, you know, Gonzaga when they were first coming up, you know, there's a potential that, that he could kind of orchestrate something like that. I know a lot of people are comparing him to, to those kind of coaches and, and, you know, you saw the past, but, you know, those guys went on so a lot to play out here but I, I think ultimately you know it's going to have to be the right fit before he jumps at anything yeah no question all right Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier give me some final four picks here as we go to break <laughs> uh, I'm all in on FAU I mean I, I I think I doubted them every step of the way but but why not at this point so FAU and UConn in the championship and you know what let's just go with the Owls all the way all right, love it, love it. Go Coach May, go Owls. We'll head to, and Mike, thank you very much. Great stuff. TheDailyHoosier.com is where you'll find Mike. We'll head to a commercial break, a quick one. We'll come back and uh, go through a couple local notes and wrap up for this Tuesday. Stay with us. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison.
And we're back on this Tuesday program. Quick segment to wrap things up. Just a couple couple reminders. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. And great text today. We've had some really good text the last few weeks, and I was concerned as we get into the postseason with Indiana out, or I should say the yeah the postseason Indiana out and all spring and summer ahead with uh, with no basketball that might slow down. But love to hear from you. Love to get your questions, your comments, and uh, we'll get them on the air. That number five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Have a great Tuesday. We will be back with you Wednesday at eleven a.m. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join. We've always got lots of stuff to talk about as we uh, think about the Final Four. I'm going to go against my boy Dusty May. I, I think San Diego State is who I'll go with in the first game on Saturday, and then I think uh, Connecticut in the second game over Miami. Although. I don't count out this Miami team. I do think Connecticut will win. And then ultimately I've got Connecticut at this point winning the national championship. So um, didn't have any of those teams in the final four, obviously. And I think probably most of you, I'm not sure any that I know anybody really that had any of those teams in the final four. So, But that's my thoughts on the weekend if anybody cares. Have a great Tuesday. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.